Hello and welcome to another episode of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and in the month of January, well, I think this is coming out in February, we are looking at nursery rhymes that talk about babies. A few weeks ago, I talked about Monday's Child, a day of the week rhyme associating a fortune on a child depending on what day of the week they were born. Today, we are looking at the nursery rhyme by Baby Bunting. As always, please take a look at my blog and website, link in the description below, to see how you can support my podcast in my research. I also want to thank all of you for your consideration that, you know what, I have just been very sick, and I had to take some time off to rest and recover. This bronchitis seemed to really kick me in the butt, and not only was I coughing up a storm, but I was just exhausted. So I appreciate you guys being patient while I play catch up and I hope to double up on episodes on a weekly basis until I catch up. I admit a new semester started and I am teaching so I am not only playing catch up in uh, my hobbies but also playing catch up as an instructor so I will try my best to catch up on episodes and get things all sorted for your listening pleasure. And oh my goodness, guys, I have so much coming this year. I am so excited at the connections that I've made and the people I've got to talk to. I'm very excited to share some fantastic new content with all of you. Please stay tuned for that. And please stay tuned as I tinker with the website. So enough about me talking. Let's get started on this week's episode. Welcome to the enchanting world of nursery rhymes, where childhood memories and timeless tales intertwine. Join us on the A Tisket Tasket podcast as we embark on a delightful journey through the rich history and captivating origins of beloved nursery rhymes. Tune in for an exploration that will delight nursery rhyme enthusiasts and folklore aficionados alike. And now your host, Gina. By Baby Bunting has a round folk song index number of 11,018. It has been called both a nursery rhyme and a lullaby. Opie and Opie, in their 1998 Oxford Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes, note that the word bunting is an old form of endearment. When I went to search for the term, the OED provided a number of definitions, including bunting as the English name for a group of incisorial birds, the emberzine, a subfamily of fringidelia, I don't speak Latin, so I apologize for mispronouncing that, allied to the larks which originated back all the way to 1350. Other definitions include a type of fabric usually used to make flags, 1825, to unfurl, 1611, or to sift, 1584. The definition most likely linked to the rhyme is swelling, plumped, filled out, rounded, short, and thickening, derived from the 16th century, describing a bunting lamb. In the case of the nursery rhyme, it is describing a fat, happy, and healthy baby. And I think all of us can picture in our head a fat, happy baby, right? 
and going back to bunting lamb, please see my earlier episodes about how lambs and wool play a huge part in nursery rhymes. So it's very, very likely that bunting is a reference to a bunting lamb or a fat, happy baby. There are a few different versions of this lullaby where most differences are noted in what sort of skin the baby is wrapped in. To refresh your memory, here are two versions of the rhyme. By baby bunting, daddy's gone a-hunting, gone to get a rabbit skin to wrap the baby bunting in. Another version, by baby bunting, father's gone a-hunting, mother's gone a-milking, sister's gone a-soaking, brother's gone to buy a skin to wrap the baby bunting in. Opie and Opie's report that there are a variety of skins baby bunting is wrapped in, including a hare skin, a bully skin, a sturdy lion skin, or a lammy's skin. They note the Scottish version of this lullaby is as follows. And again, I'm sorry that my flat Midwestern accent has to try to pronounce Scottish version, so please bear with me. But it's Hussed by Birdie Beaten, your mama's gain a seaton for to buy a lammy skin to wrap your bunny bookie in. That probably sounded terrible being pronounced in my Northeast Ohio accent, but you know, please take my reading with a grain of salt. In any case, this nursery rhyme dates back to before the 1780s. Its earliest appearance includes Riston 1784's Gamer Girton's Garland. But other earlier publications include Tommy Thumb's Pretty Songbook, 1788, and Songs for the Nursery, 1805, among others. John Orchard Hollywell remarks in 1842 that he collected this rhyme near the Forest of Dean. A quarterly magazine called A Child's Life published stories suited for young children as well as tips for early childhood education, development, and psychology. In its first volume, published in 1899, A Child's Life included a short anonymous fiction piece called By Baby Bunting, which follows the main character, Baby Bunting, youngest child of Captain Bunting, who was in Baby Bunting was described as only a few months old. The story begins describing Captain Bunting's brave maneuver on his merchant ship, in which he sailed alongside the king and his naval vessel. The king's ship was escorting two pirate ships back to England when a storm destroyed all the ships, but where Captain Bunting saved the king's life. I'm assuming the story is talking about King Edward VII, who reigned from 1841 to 1910, who modernized the British Navy. But I'm not a British historian, so I, I could be very wrong there. But in any case, Captain Bunting, fallen onto hard times now that his merchant ship was destroyed, wrote to the king reminding him of his life debt. Of course, the king didn't respond, so Captain Bunting liquidated his family's assets and moved to a new country, which is not stated where. They found an abandoned house, apparently abandoned due to its being haunted, and moved in. Captain Bunting found a new job as an under-gamekeeper. John the son became a grocer's errand boy, and Nellie, the young daughter, became a silk factory worker. Even the wife, Mrs. Bunting, came into steady work as a milkwoman to her neighbor's cows. Unfortunately, that meant that baby Bunting had to be left alone in his cradle, to which his mother recited the lullaby by baby Bunting. The short story then writes, 
In the moment Baby Bunting shut his eyes, his mother ran out of the door and away to her milking as fast as she could go. It seemed to her to take a very long time, and she heartily wished she never left the baby. She fancied all sorts of things that might have happened to him, but when she unlocked the door and came rushing in, there he laid wide awake in his cradle, as warm and contented as could be. The room, too, she fancied, particularly clean and tidy. The fire had kept in wonderfully well, and had she really finished that frock that she was making for the baby before she went out? She could not remember doing so, but anyhow, it was done. The next day and the next, the same thing happened. It seemed as if Baby Bunting particularly liked being left alone, and it seemed, too, that he was in the habit of getting out of his cradle and amusing himself by doing all of the odd jobs that he could find to do. It was a great puzzle. Captain Bunting and his wife talked it over, and it agreed that as long as they were good and honest, nothing would hurt them. So they would just be thankful for the help they got without trying to understand how it came. Page 95. Now, when I started to read the story, I did not expect a gothic-style ghost story. But I've constantly been surprised on what I've dug up on this podcast, so nevertheless, let's see what baby Bunting has gotten into. I just really like the fact that they believe that their couple-month-old just got out of the cradle and, like, swept the floor. But in any case... Remember that the Bunting family got a great price on this house because it was said to be haunted. Well, haunted was right. Apparently, by, and I quote, but from the darkest side of the room, there glided forward a strange little figure, half dwarf, half lady. The body was bent and humped like a dwarf's, but the face was that of a kind and beautiful lady. So this lady would pick up baby Bunting, sing the lullaby that his mother sang, and then add the lines, but baby bunting, do not cry, your friend Hina watches nigh. The story goes on to describe that the spirit, who was described in tones of silver, with deft hands, while she did the housework, that would then disappear as soon as she heard mother bunting's footsteps. A few years of this go by before the baby, now named Owen, tells his parents about the lady visiting him teaching him songs and stories about, quote, wild scraps of songs, about gold that gleams from rocky seams, and treasure heaps of ore that fill the mighty caverns of the hills and of the dark vaults, the dismal home of the metal-making gnome. Franhina, worried that the parents would find out about her and drive her from the home, stopped visiting Baby Bunting while he was in the house, but still stayed on to do house chores and sometimes whisper dreams in sleeping Owen's ears. The story ends with Owen growing into a, quote, fine and manly fellow who never told a lie or hid the truth and who could not bear to see a child or beast ill-treated, but would stand up and fight them like a little lion. And, well, there we have it. The short story appearing in 1899 talks about a haunting fae-like creature that tends house and raises little baby bunting. This is definitely not what I was expecting when I began to research this rhyme, but I love it. And just a few things to note uh, about stories of this time. There's a few things that have come up in this story that, have, that I've discussed in previous episodes. First of all, Baby Bunting wasn't named until they were sure that he was going to live. I talked about child mortality rates on this podcast. I actually have a special episode about it. So Baby Bunting didn't become Baby Owen until probably two or three years old. I talk about gothic horror tropes, and there seems to be 
there a lot of similarities here in this short story. And so this short story has a lot of parallels to some of the short stories that I read for October in 2023 of the kind of the gothic horror trip. So I was so surprised and so pleased when I came across this. And I just thought it really added uh, another layer of folklore on top of this nursery rhyme. And I'm kind of sad I've never heard of it before. And I want it to become popular and I want to read more fictionalized pieces on nursery rhymes and have it kind of become uh, a part of the canon, if you will. But now let's talk about musical representations or interpretations of Baby Bunting. The melody of By Baby Bunting seems to come from 1784, but I can't quite figure out where it appears. If I had to guess, based on the date, the melody may have first appeared in Tommy Thumb's Pretty Songbook or Gamer Girton's Garland, which, as I've talked about before, both have uh, melodies attached to nursery rhymes, whether they were uh, written by the editors or not, I am unsure. Nevertheless, let's listen to some recordings of the song. The first one we will listen to is Frank Luther's rendition, who I've mentioned many a times on this podcast. The version is from 1934 from a record that includes other rhymes, such as Dickery Dickery Dock, Jingle Bells, Polly Put the Kettle On, among others. But let's go ahead and listen to it now. Mother comes back to kiss you goodnight and sing softly to you as you close your little eyes. Bye, baby bunting, daddy's gone a-hunting to get a little rabbit skin to wrap his baby bunting in. Did you have a nice time out in the country and at our party? You sleep? Hmm? Good night. Man, I just love those Frank Luther records. They're so great. And they're really great artifacts that keep these nursery rhymes alive. The second version is from 1959 recording called Music for Children by Carl Worf and Gunlin Keatman. I definitely recommend listening to the whole album if you have a chance. It is quite the strange one, but let's go ahead and listen to it. So what do you think? By Baby Bunting is one of those nursery rhymes that I've known about, but couldn't tell you where I first heard it or learned it. 
I don't know if it's more popular in England um, versus America. So if you do know, let me know, or please email me at info at a tiskettasketpodcast.com, link in the description below, to tell me your experiences with this nursery rhyme. I don't really recall it to being common on my early childhood, but it still persists as a popular rhyme today. And I remember reading it in some of the children's literature that I read as a kid, as well as later in life when I was interested in getting into literature. What are your experiences with the rhyme? Let me know. Email me. Let's chat. But thank you for listening to this week's episode, and I hope you've learned something today. I definitely didn't expect to read a ghost story attributed to the rhyme. I wish that the Opies had more to say about it, including talking about some of the rumors that this is a funeral pyre rhyme and not a nursery rhyme. I didn't find any research to back up that rumor, so I'm wondering if it is an example of a fake etymology or a fake folklore. I didn't find additional research that talk about that baby bumping is a stillbirth, which is, I guess, rumored on the internet. But if you run a general search term on the internet about this rhyme, the rumor pops up occasionally, and I hope to continue to find fictionalized short stories about these old rhymes, as I think they really add another great dimension to them. Just like the early 20th century had some cartoons of these nursery rhymes, I'd love these short stories, and I'd love to see more of them. And I'd love to see modern takes and how they've changed, and how that changes kind of how we view the folklore behind them. But in any case, stay tuned next week where I will continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes. Take care. Thank you for listening to a Tisket Tasket podcast. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. If you found value in today's content, please share with others and consider leaving a review. Also, follow Gina on all social media platforms, and we'll see you next time.